Welcome to Dismantle Racism, where our goal is to uncover, dismantle, and to eradicate racism and create a world where racial equity is the norm. I'm your host, the Reverend Dr. TLC. As always, we're going to begin our show with breathing. We just like to take a deep breath, breathing in, breathing out. And I'd like you this morning just to take in a mental scan of where you are as we begin the show. Thinking about the tension that might be in your body, the thoughts that are running through your mind, your comfort level as we begin our conversation today on race and racism. Breathe in awareness and breathe out unconsciousness. Breathe in equity, breathe out biases, breathe in openness, and breathe out preconceived notions. Breathe in peace and harmony and just sigh out any energy that might block the flow of dismantling racism. Take a deep breath in and then just release it. I love beginning the show with breathing because it reminds us that we are life itself and we are connected to something greater than ourselves and it helps to center us for this dynamic conversation that we're going to have today on dismantling racism. And in the words of Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, it's time to wake up everybody, no more sleeping in bed. No more backwards thinking. It's time for thinking ahead. The world has changed so very much from what it used to be. There's so much hatred, war, and poverty. And then there's a line that says, wake up all the teachers' time to teach a new way. Maybe then they'll listen to what you have to say because they're the ones who's coming up and the world is in their hand. When you teach the children, teach them the very best you can. So wake up, everybody. And so this morning, our show, we're going to be talking about this waking up process, how my guest today really began to wake up even more in the conversation around race because of a conversation that he had with his daughter. And I want us to understand that the world is in the hands of those who are coming after us. Many of our young people are already leading the way. And so the more that they wake up to racism and colonization, the more they challenge the status quo. And often their way of thinking is uncomfortable to those who have been sleeping. So our guest today is here to talk about his awakening after his daughter began to engage with him in some conversations about race. And it seems that she was being taught a new way of thinking in college and challenged him to do the same. So that's the thing about when we send our kids away to college, they learn things that we perhaps didn't expect them to learn and maybe things that we did expect them to learn, but then they challenge us on the ways in which we engage with the world. So my guest today is the wonderful Gabe Nelson. Gabe is a financial advisor to solopreneurs and self-employed individuals, and he helps individuals learn how to navigate the markets as well as learn how to manage and uh, budget their cash flow, their debt, large purposes, education, you name it. 
and he has a podcast called the Solopreneur Money Podcast. And I am so delighted to have Gabe with me today. Gabe, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's an honor to be here, Reverend Dr. TLC. I, got, I love saying that. <laughs> it's just fun to say. <laughs> it is. I absolutely love it, love it, love it. And I always enjoy talking with you, Gabe. And I'd like to start the show out by asking you, uh, because you've been out here working in the world for quite a long time, and most of us have to have a way of grounding ourselves to do the work that we do out in the world. So what are some ways in which um, you ground yourself to do the work that you do, even with financial planning or how does your sacred practice inform how you show up in the world in general? I have a morning routine uh, here a few years ago. Uh, was in, I'm, I'm involved in a program uh, for coaches. Uh, let me rephrase that for financial advisors that were involved in this coaching program. And, and meditation was brought into uh, the idea of the things that we should be doing to help ground ourselves and help kind of quiet our minds and I came across a book uh, called uh, The Miracle Morning. I think it was Hal Elrod. I came across that book and I read it in about, you know, 30 seconds flat, it seemed like. And I was like, oh, I'm going to create a morning routine. And so I have a morning routine that I go through that I modeled after, uh, after the book. It, it starts and uh, some people will identify with this and some people will think I'm crazy, but it starts at 5 a.m. with uh, exercise and it goes from an exercise to a 10-minute meditation every single day. Uh, and then I read for, uh, for about 20 to 30 minutes. And, and there's like a few things that I read, a, a devotional, a daily stoic, a couple of books. I'm constantly reading multiple books. And then, then the next piece, which is the best part of the morning, is I go upstairs and I make breakfast for my family and get everybody out the door. Because uh, I work most of the time out of my house and get everybody out the door, say goodbye, take a shower. And, and then I'm, I'm in my office uh, and I'll journal just a little bit right before I start. And so my head is clear. I know my purpose. I'm grounded. I am ready. And um, as we were doing the breathing exercise at the beginning, I'm going, oh, this is just like I did this morning. I love it. So it's great. Yes. And it's always just so, so great to have a routine that clears us. And I love that you uh, talked about your whole process. I do want to ask you just because I know in the conversations that we have is that you have a connection to source and uh, a part of your devotions that you just mentioned, your devotionals are probably centered around some of that connection with source. Is that mm -hmm. fair to say? Correct. And so I wonder, how does that then inform your connection to source and to sacred, how does it inform the ways in which you move throughout the world and how you identify with the folks that you serve and how you see other folks in the world? The best way I would say is, is it, it my wife says it, uh, when we go to church on a regular basis, it just helps me understand how to live my life. Mm. And so that connection to source, the daily devotionals that I read, for lack of a put it, just kind of sets me on the right path for the day that helps me understand how to live my life so that I'm looking at people as people, not in mm. any way, shape, or form. I'm looking at clients as 
people. I'm looking at prospects as people. I'm looking at people that I don't like as people. I'm looking at people I like as people. And so I think it just puts me on the right path of, of really just being a good quality person throughout the day. I think that's just a great start. Mm, great, great, great. So we're going to hold on to that one and we're going to, we're going to come back to that in a bit. So, so I'd love for you to, um, you know, share with us a bit about your awakening. So talk to us then about what happened with your daughter. So you have three daughters, correct? I do. I have uh, this year, I have a senior in college, a senior in high school and a sophomore in high school. So anybody that is in that same boat knows that I'm really not a smart person right now. I'm actually kind of dumb <laughs> if you really think about it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we, we have the pandemic hit and, and, you know, my, my daughter from college ends up uh, basically, you know, having to do school from, uh, from, from her dorm room, you know, when the, when it first hit and then, you know, the George Floyd incident incident happened, the murder of George, George Floyd goes and, And that's when my daughter, who was already very involved in social justice activities on her campus, came home and really, frankly, just started to educate myself and my wife and and just with conversations. She was really upset uh, with with what happened. My other two daughters were really upset with what happened. And um, for lack of any other way to put it, they educated us as Mm -hmm. to why they were so upset and we were upset, but our daughters had taken it on even stronger and really just for lack of the put it, they really just educated us and opened our eyes up to the differences that are out there. And frankly, why they were so upset. And, you know, the word that my, my daughter kept saying to me, which was, a little hard to take at the very beginning and for, for, uh, was, was the, the phrase white privilege. She's like, dad, we we're, we're privileged. And it didn't really sink in. And it took a little while for that to kind of come through to me. I mean, I'm a 49 year old white guy and frankly, I, I do pretty well. So she explained to me where I was in the food chain and, um, that kind of hit home to me like, Oh, okay. Now I get it. And so that was the piece of really my daughter educating me. And my other two are constantly educating me as well. Um, just yesterday, my wife, my, my, you know, 15 and 17 year old daughter educated Melissa and I on something. We're like, oh, okay. We, we didn't know. Mm. So, well, well, you're constantly being educated by our children, right? Oh, that, yeah. That's the beautiful thing. And sometimes it's not so beautiful because we're like, ah, I raised you. But let's go back to this word, uh, white privilege. And why did it make you uncomfortable? And particularly as a white male who, as you have described before, being at the top of the food chain. Now, now we're going to have to go to break in just a minute. But if you could begin the conversation, why does it bother you or did it bother you to hear white privilege? It bothered me because I, I never really thought about it. I never really thought that I had a privilege. Um, I never felt that there were obstacles in my way or obstacles removed from my way. 
I'm, I'm a self-made person. I started this life with nothing. I started my business with nothing. I built it up with nothing and have grown and done what I would call the American way. And so I've never seen it anything other than as hard work, doing what anybody else would do, trying to build you know, relationships to grow my business, to take care of things. And to just raise a great family and be a great dad. I mean, frankly, if, if I end this life being a great dad, I am just thrilled. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as I, as I think that through, um, it made me uncomfortable because I never really realized that I had a white privilege. I never realized that things might be easier for me. I just took it as I'm going to work hard and I'm going to do the best I can to achieve success in whatever that way is. So when we come back, because we do have to take a break, I want Mm -hmm. to just talk about this white privilege a little bit more and to Mm -hmm. really dissect what have you learned that's different for you as a white male that it might be for a black male, for instance, starting out in the same way that you did. But we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. This is Dismantle Racism. I'm your host, the Reverend Dr. TLC, and we'll be back with Gabe Nelson's. Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbaro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, live, 8 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. back with Dismantle Racism. I'm your host, the Reverend Dr. TLC. Before the break, I was talking with my guest, Gabe Nelson. We were talking about white privilege. And Gabe, we were talking about your understanding of what white privilege meant and how before your daughter 
um, introduce you to the concept. You were not familiar with it and were also uncomfortable in the conversation. So talk with us a little bit about what you have learned about white privilege and how it applies to you and maybe different, you know, for folks of color. The, the best example I can give uh, as to how I understand it, one, like I said, I, I didn't notice things growing up, meaning I didn't notice barriers. I didn't notice things that would be different for me versus like you, like you had said, you know, versus a black male. I didn't notice the differences of opportunities. I didn't notice those things growing up. And that's probably because I'm, I'm, I'm in rural America, if you really think about it. I mean, there's not a whole lot of color in South Dakota. I grew up in Iowa and there was some, but not a, not a, a large percentage. So I didn't really notice like opportunities, et cetera. Um, but my daughter, you know, then shares with us the, the podcast series. I think, what was it called? 1619, uh, mm-hmm. the, the podcast series. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was blown away. And, and this is part of the, I guess, maybe the ignorance uh, that, that comes uh, from, from, you know, my uprising, upraising, you know, growing up uh, or, or the awakening, as you would maybe call it. I mean, I'm listening to this podcast and I'm going, are you kidding me? There are mm-hmm. bankers that are charging, you know, uh, people of color a higher interest rate. There are bankers who are not even allowing people to apply for a loan to keep their farms going, to keep their businesses going. Uh, you know, real life stories happening today. And keep in mind, I I, I will claim the ignorance of it because it it didn't really hit me. I didn't have to deal with it. Right. And, and Gabe, that's a privilege in and of itself. So that is a prime example of white privilege, because I bet the few people of color who are in South Dakota can recognize right away where the barriers are. And for someone like you, who's a financial advisor, it's really important to know that privilege so that when you're dealing with clients of color, it may even help you with dealing with their mindset around some things. Or you might understand that when you're getting pushback, the pushback comes from a place of knowing that things are different for me than they are for you. And so um, I'm grateful that your daughters push and push and push. That's the really great thing about having youngsters. And uh, I'm glad she introduced you to 1619. So I'd like to you to kind of talk a little bit about, have you noticed ways in which you are changing just as an individual? And then also, how does that translate to your business practices? Change, changing as an individual, uh, I, I think maybe I'm just, I'm more aware of differences that, that you know, people of color might have to go through versus where, where maybe I would have had to go through. And so I'm aware of, of those. Um, my practice um, is basically, and from a business side, my practice is, for the most part, um, not people of color, not because of a purpose, not because of an intention, but just by way of, um, you know, who I have attracted, who have chosen to work with me, mm-hmm. and who, as well as people who are, I would say, maybe within my 
my my circle, my social so, circle. So Gabe, you gave me permission to push you for the yep. show. So I want to just do that a little bit. Mm-hmm. And this show may be slightly different from my other ones because because you did give me some permission to make you a little uncomfortable with this. Mm-hmm. But so when you see that your practice is basically all white people that look like you and that are in your status, does it ever occur to you that what's wrong with this picture? That there are no people, I won't say no, because you probably have a few, but, mm-hmm. but that there are fewer people of color because that's the, that's sort of a white privilege thing right there that I look around the world's white. So did it ever occur to you to ask the question, Hey, what's up? In simple terms, no. And, and I, and I, the reason I say that is, is, and I said this when I also gave you permission to push me a little bit is we as people, and I'm meaning people doesn't matter what color we are. 95% of the time, we all were really worried about us as ourselves. I mean, really, we are a very selfish being, us humans. And and I consider myself being a very generous person. But um, I didn't think about it very much until my daughter started saying something. And then I also hired an unbelievable uh, virtual assistant. Uh, Her name is Christina. And Christina's like, you got to get some more people of color on your show. You got to get some more people of color in your practice. You really need to, to do this. And I'm like, I don't disagree, um, but I have uh, built my practice on, on people who were coming to me and, you know, coming to me by way of referrals. I will say this, there is a current prospect in my pipeline who is a person of color. And I am excited as heck to work with her because she has all of the characteristics of a solopreneur who needs my help. Um, I'm not worried about any of um, any differences there. My goal is to learn about what her goals, objectives, and desires are, and then help her fix those and get her down the path to, you know, the financial freedom that she's looking for. So, so I would say though, you know, I think that uh, being a person of faith, you know, because mm-hmm. you talked about that before, and also just wanting to help other people, that there has to be a process of where we reach outside of just sameness. Because mm-hmm. I know that even though you say 95% of us are just selfish, I know from talking to you that your goal in life hasn't just been. I'm just going to make all the money I can and not help anybody else. And so if the goal is to help other people, why not people of color? Why not prior to your daughter? I I think because it always amazes me when I hear, particularly after George Floyd was murdered, white people saying that they're waking up. And I'm like, why weren't you awake before? Because there were lots of men of color and women, because sometimes the women get left out, who were being killed there. There was a lot that was different financially for us for healthcare. So even now I want to, I want to push you a little bit to think, and I know you've done this on your shows because I've actually been on your show uh, as Mm -hmm. well. And, and, and I know that you're reaching out further, but I want to just push you to keep extending saying, Mm -hmm. well, wait a minute. What don't I know about myself? And what don't I know about people of color that will even help me to 
expand who I serve and dismantle racism at the same time, right? So that may not be your goal when you wake up in the morning, but because I know based on talking to you that you're interested in expanding, you could expand yourself in bountiful ways if if that becomes your goal. What don't right. I know? So, so let me then turn around to you. How do I do that? Hmm. So one of the ways that you do it is I think that that in your devotional practice, since you're already given time away, is to do the self-reflection question to begin to ask yourself, what am I not noticing about race and racism? Right? Because I want you to understand talking about race is a positive thing. Racism is not. So begin to say, what am I not noticing and how can I serve the people either in my area, because we're going to talk in just a little bit about uh, the First Nation people in your area and mm-hmm. some of the things that you're noticing there, but, but begin to say, what can I do to serve people of color and increase equity? So you mentioned when you watch 1619, you learned about how things were different when we go to apply for alone. Mm-hmm. How can you, as a white male, who's very privileged in a number of ways, and we, you and I have talked about, you know, just in terms of even just socioeconomic status, what can you do to change the system for people of color? What boards can you be on where your voice will be heard? You know, things like that, because I think another thing that I would offer for you is start having a conversation about race with your friends and your colleagues, because I'm curious, I shouldn't assume, but do you have conversations about race with your counterparts? I can say not very often. Mm-hmm. And why? Honestly. Is, why? I, I, in simple terms, it just doesn't come up. Um, it's it's not like we're avoiding a conversation. It just doesn't come up. I mean, I I, I, that's I can't say privilege. anything other than that. But Gabe, that's the privilege, right? Mm-hmm. I will tell you that there's probably rarely a day that goes by that I'm not having a conversation about race. And it's not because I do the Dismantle Racism show. It's not because... Um, you know, I I offer classes in it. It's because it's my lived experience. So I'll give you a really quick example. I had the the wonderful opportunity to be in New Hampshire last week. And it, you know, it was amazing. I'm there for rest because I'm resting during this month. But I'm walking down the street with my friend and we're simply, I think we had had dinner and we said, let's go for a walk in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Very few of us are there. So one, that's the first thing I noticed. Where are my people? Who's missing from the conversation? Who's missing from the environment? And then we walk a little bit further. And what do we see? There's a whole section of the town that's dedicated basically to Black people who were enslaved in the town. And of course, they built all this property on top of this burial ground. So I'm noticing that. 
I'm noticing it as a person of color and because it's my ancestors, but I'm noticing it because I'm always trying to, to, well, not trying, it's just in my face. And so when you're a person of privilege, it's in your face, but if you're not conscious of it, you will not see it. So I'm going to advocate as you are awakening to be more conscious about history, like 1619, but to be more conscious about who's missing from the conversation. But we do have to take a quick break, Gabe. And now if you want to comment when we come back, get your thoughts together on that, because we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. This is Dismantle Racism with your host, the Reverend Dr. TLC. Do you feel uninformed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern time, 3 p.m. UK time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. with Dismantle Racism. I'm your host, the Reverend Dr. TLC. And my guest today is Gabe Nelson. And Gabe, right before the break, I was challenging you to, to, to notice. And um, I want to give you an opportunity if you'd like to respond to what I was saying about waking up even more and becoming conscious of who's not in the room, who's not in the conversations, and who's not in the environment in which you're in. Thoughts? 
Well, I, I like your advice of, you know, including that in my daily routine, because that allows me then to start to think through and start to then place, I guess, place markers in my day to go, all right, how can I start to open up that opportunity? Um, you know, I, I will say, you know, with my podcast, my podcast is for anybody and everybody, and and it's for solopreneurs. And so, the idea, and, and I have a book coming out and, and that book is for solopreneurs. And so um, my hope is to attract anybody and everybody uh, that, and, and more people of color to, to utilize the services that, that I can provide or someone like myself can provide. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I employ a lot of contractors and primarily most of the contractors I employ are women. Mm-hmm. Um you know, being a, a, a girl dad, I have a soft spot in my, my heart for, you know, females that are running businesses and contractors. And so I think probably the, the next thing that I have to start considering is, is contractors need to then also have the opportunity to uh, have people of color be those contractors as well. Those other small business owners that need um, businesses, to, businesses to support because like I said, I support quite a few contractors. I'm a solopreneur, solo business owner, and I've chosen to outsource everything that happens for me. And uh, like I said, most of them are women. Um, but I, I can honestly say I don't have a lot of people of color that are in that area that are supporting my practice and my business. But that doesn't mean that can't change. So that's a, that's a, piece, that, a piece of action that I can take based upon you know, your urging. Exactly. And, and, and the thing is, and I want people to be clear that when we talk about who's missing from those spaces and being more inclusive, we're still talking about people who are qualified to do the job because I have heard that whole conversation. Oh, sorry, you're talking about affirmative action. No, people are in the position because they're qualified to do it. But when we don't notice what we don't notice and what we don't know, then we don't realize that we're we're excluding some people based on their color sometimes. And we're not even aware of it because we're looking at sameness. We might automatically say, oh, no, they're not the right person. You're not maybe not doing it consciously, but it's in an unconscious way. And so I appreciate you talking about ways in which you can be more inclusive. The other thing that I think is really important, Gabe, and this is for you and everybody else out there, is that. While people of color are used to going into white spaces and looking at books that are not specifically written for us, but we know that we can benefit from those books because, hey, we all need a financial advisor, do we not? It is really important to me as a person of color when I see individuals who use a language or make reference to something that they know based on their experience connecting with people of color. And I'll say, oh, wait a minute, they get me, right? So it's like, I probably have used this example on here before, but it's like when I went to my doctor and my doctor could not understand why I was protesting, why I was at a protest while COVID was going on. That's all she cared about was you are exposing yourself to COVID. And she couldn't hear my own racial pandemic that I was in. And that made a difference to me. 
And it actually has changed a little bit. She's still my doctor. She's been my doctor for 20 years, but it has actually changed a little bit of my feeling like, well, can I tell her if there's something going on with me that I feel like is related to race that's contributing to my health? And that's a very serious question. So you're not a doctor, but you're a financial planner. So when interacting with people of color who might say, well, look, it's important for me to reach back to my community and give money to my community or to my family. And you say, you don't have the money to do that. It's important to understand the dynamics that may be at play. And I'm not saying that that isn't good advice because it is good advice, but at the same time to know what it means to a person of color may be significant for a client. So anyway, um, I, I would love to continue talking more, but you and I can talk offline about a lot of this stuff. But I, from your perspective, there's something that you have noticed that you've told me about. Um, and that is the way First Nation people are treated in South Dakota. So talk to me a little bit about what you're noticing now in terms of just the racial dynamics. Well, and, and I am not an expert. I'm just going based on observation. Uh, you know, I grew up in Iowa. I went to South Dakota State University. Um, you know, so I show up on campus 18 years of age. I'm, you know, on the football team and I'm meeting people all over campus. And I'm starting to learn through people who uh, lived somewhat close to the reservations because there's a few reservations in the state of South Dakota. And just over my time of seeing that all the way from college to today, it just seems like a, um, it seems like a group of people that have been just marginalized. I mean, all the way from the very time that, you know, the settlers came over, you know, the, the people came over from, from England to take over, you know, to take over the United States. It just seems like they just said, all right, we're just going to keep pushing you guys away and just keep pushing you away. And, you know, so then they put them on, they, they put, you know, I call, I call them native Americans that like you said, first nation, I've never heard that. I like that. I, I like the way that's put, um, but put them on reservations and kind of just said, here, get out of the way. We're going to take over and do our thing. And it seems like in, in South Dakota, it seems like they are more oppressed than other people of color to me is, and it seems like they're, there are people without an identity almost is the way I see it. Uh, and so over my time of, of living in South Dakota, which is now basically 26 years of being married, plus another, you know, five years of college. So 31 years I've been in this, in this state, it just seems like they've been marginalized and set aside and almost not even paid attention to until it's time that you'll see on the news uh, protests for like the Keystone pipeline, or you'll see protests for someone building something on a burial ground. Um, and so it, it's, it's, it's an interesting dilemma that you see. And so when you and I were talking um, uh, about, you know, me coming on the show and, and having this conversation, um, it just made me think of that, how that era, that culture, that group of people has been oppressed, especially, you know, in the uh, in the state of South Dakota and other states that have reservations as well. Mm. And, and Gabe, actually, that is the history, because 
they were here first and then Mm -hmm. Columbus discovered America. So absolutely, they've been pushed out. I began my first episode of Dismantle Racism with a woman who's indigenous. uh, um, And uh, she, she talked about you know, the genocide to this country and the atrocities, I mean, to, to uh, First Nation people. And so really the root of racism began with that whole process. And in, in fact, there are people with a, an identity. It's just that folks choose to ignore that identity. Folks choose to build over their burial grounds and they were pushed out of areas. So when we talk about waking up to white privilege and we talk about waking up to racism, it really means going back in our history. And that's what it means. Going back to see how first and foremost, that race is a social construct. It doesn't even exist. We created it. Not we. White people created it. Let's be very clear about that. And so It is important when we are waking up is to go back, take a look at our history and really looked at how some folks have been benefited from those atrocities that that have happened and others have not. So I want to just continue to encourage you and all of our listeners to think about how do I become more aware of racism? in this country? And what do I want to do about it? That's really the question. And I'm not saying that everybody has to be out here protesting in the street, you know, holding up your black power uh, sign. But what I would want to do is to challenge you to say, how can I begin to have the conversations more? So we're going to have to take another break. And uh, I'd love for you to talk about whether you're willing to even start having those conversations with anybody other, you know, I know you're having them with your daughters and that's a good place to start. Are you willing to have them with other folks? So we're going to take a quick break, Gabe. And when we come back, I'd love to hear your answer to that. This is Dismantle Racism. We'll be right back. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. 
Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. We're back with Dismantle Racism. Before our break, I was talking with Gabe about uh, ways in which uh, he can begin to have this conversation on race or whether he was willing to have a conversation on race with his uh, friends, colleagues, counterparts. And so, Gabe, I'm ready to hear your answer. Are you ready to branch out there and begin this discussion? Of course, I it would be like a total waste of the last hour, which is not a, you know, not, not part of how I operate. So, but the answer is yes. Um, you know, I've got, I've got some close friends that we can have the conversation with my, and my rock star assistant, Christina is like, Hey, you, you need to start, you need to start bringing some more people of color on your show. You need to, you need to start to show this more in your, in your business and your practice. And so, as well as my daughters. And so, I, um, yeah, I, I am going to make that commitment. I'll, I've got some great friends that I'll be, uh, seeing this evening as well as this weekend. And we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see where that conversation goes. Yes. And, and I want to tell you, I, I appreciate you coming on the show because you didn't know exactly what questions I w- would ask you, uh, at all. And it takes a lot to be able to say, I'm going to step into the conversation, but it takes even more to stay steady in the conversation and in the actions because it's not going to be easy because just like you were uncomfortable when your daughter said, you know, white privilege, you better believe that other folks are going to be like, Gabe, what are you talking about? Because they will say, if your, your counterparts will say, I worked really hard for everything that I have. And so it's going to be important for you to say, yes, you did work really hard for what you have, but you started out with an advantage that other folks don't have. And so uh, the charge will be to stay engaged in this conversation when it becomes uncomfortable and it will become uncomfortable. And one of the things that I often ask my clients to think about, and I won't ask you to answer this unless you feel like you want to, but I ask my clients and the people who engage in the work on dismantling racism, I ask them to think about what are you willing to sacrifice? Because sometimes when we have these discussions, we sacrifice our time, we sacrifice friendships, we sacrifice business, and to engage in this practice to make this world a better place we often lose something. So I want to to just, uh, well, I'll give you a moment if you, if you feel like you want to 
answer it, you're certainly welcome to. I don't want you to feel like you can't. No, I'll let you, I'll let you carry on. I got to let that one marinate for a while. Okay. Well, I thought so, but I, I want to be, you know, uh, respectful of, of you mm-hmm. might have some fun thing, but I want to go back to something that you said very early on in the show about your going to church on a regular basis. And because I happen to be in a denomination that's predominantly a white denomination, I hear this conversation from my fellow clergy around the things that are preached in church. And it seems like race isn't one of the things that their uh, clergy feels comfortable preaching about, particularly to an affluent group of people. So talk to me a little bit about how do you reconcile being spiritually connected with a source that's greater than yourself, that you that you have this practice with, and not be able to talk about race in church or not be able to really think about the least of these, since that's what your spiritual practice would teach you, but yet out in the world, there's the least of these. Can you, do you have any thoughts about that? How you reconcile that? I gotta think on that a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's fine to do, Gabe. I know I, I can throw out those those things, but I want you to think about it because if we are going to live what we say we believe, if we're going to live the values that we say that we believe, then we have to be thinking about the least of these. And the least of these is not the wealthy person out here. It's not that we don't think about them because there are some things that they need help with. But I think that when we say that we have these values of caring about other folks, we have to care about impoverished individuals and those people who are not being adequately educated, those people who uh, don't have good food in their, in their environments. Um, I was talking with this gentleman who wanted to come into the, the church that I pastor, who wanted to come in and talk about eating good foods and teaching folks how to cook and to do all of those things. And so as we talked more and more about his plan, he had no clue that the foods that people receive in grocery stores in uh, depressed areas, that food is different than what people receive in the area that may be middle class or even upper middle class. He had no concept of that, but yet he wanted to come in and teach kids who are impoverished about eating healthy. This is what I mean about being awakened to racism and inequities in societies. We can't help if we don't know the proper ways in which to help. But so thank you for, you know, saying that you have to kind of think about that. So you've got a few things to think about, Gabe. I really just want to just thank you for being willing to put yourself out there for, you know, the listeners to hear and and to hear the 
even the discomfort, even as we're, we're talking, there may be a bit of discomfort, like, wow, you know, there's a lot for me to think about. Wondering, though, if you, um, if you have any thoughts, any further thoughts about how we can dismantle racism from your standpoint, just based on the conversations we've had today, are there some ways in which you can think about how you and your counterparts could help to dismantle racism? I think the things that I can do other than having conversations, the things that I can do is, is I can employ other contractors. I can try to make sure that I open up the span. Like when I bring another person in, you know, that I contract with who is a small business owner, I can help them improve their situation by employing them and paying them well and, and giving that opportunity. That's really what I have like quick control over. Mm -hmm. And so I would, I would say that's an area that someone like me can step in and do. I'm not a board person. You could hold a gun to my head and I will not go on a board. I hate boards. (laughs) It is the, in my opinion, it is the biggest waste of time for most people. (laughs) You go in and you never get anything done, but you sit around and talk. So I'm, I'm not a board person that's going to go on and do that. But what I can do is I can speak with, with my money to employ someone and put money in their lives and give them the opportunity to improve their families, which then brings that family up and, and helps them then have better food, mm. have access to advice, have access to opportunities to then take their family up another level. Cause that's really what we're trying to do. We're trying to make the world a better place for our kids ourselves, but also for our kids and raise them up. Mm. And so what I can do that I have control over is that. Mm. Um, so hopefully that's what you're looking for, but that's what I can do. Cause that's what I have control over. Yeah. I don't have control over the board. Mm. <clears throat> And, and, and I would say that you probably have more control over what other things as well, like even in the day to day, even what you notice that's happening with the First Nation people or Native American people, you can you can raise your voice in the area that you're in. You can raise your voice because now we we're virtual. You, you, you can raise your voice in multiple ways. And I know that you're also doing that with your podcast a bit. We didn't shy away from talking about race even as it relates to money on your, your show. Uh, and, and so uh, there are multiple ways. And so I'll just keep encouraging you and our listeners to find ways in which you can engage in dismantling racism that are um, connected with who you are, your personality and et cetera. You don't have to be out marching in the streets. There are lots of ways we can dismantle racism. So in our last couple of uh, minutes, Gabe, can you tell people how can they be in touch with you? The easiest way to get in touch with me is to go to my website, GabeNelsonFinancial.com. Everything is there. It helps you understand who I am, uh, what I'm all about, but it also gets you then access and links to where my podcast is. And my podcast is all about helping 
solopreneurs, solo business owners master their finances so they can create the life they want. And it's literally a how-to guide every single week. And you are on one of the episodes talking about how to dismantle racism and have a better business and life and a better world. And mm-hmm. so that's the best way to find me is go to my podcast, solopreneurmoney.com or my website, gabenelsonfinancial.com. Thank you, Gabe. And I know that they'll be able to access your book when it comes out in a few yes. months as well, mm-hmm. because we do need to know how to be financially uh, fit as well. I want to thank you, Gabe, for being my guest today. And uh, I want to thank all of our listeners out there for listening in to Dismantle Racism. I encourage you to stay tuned for the Conscious Consultant Hour with Sam Leibowitz and uh, learn how to walk through life with the greatest of ease and joy. Be well, be encouraged, and be blessed. We'll see you next time. Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Dabba. I'm the host of the show Extra Innings. Extra Innings, I discuss the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions uh, with sports figures, okay. artists, mental health professionals, and many others. We'll get That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Have you ever thought of reinventing yourself? Are you looking to create a new life's journey? Hi, I'm Kevin Barbaro, host of Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 5, 8 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live to hear me and my guests from a variety of different backgrounds. 
As a former college coach and a current full-time actor and owner of multiple companies, my show is as eclectic as my life. That's Coffee Talk XL every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 